Keep up with the new. Keep up with the important. Keep up with it all on Keeping Up With The Current. Get your news fix for the day, stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter. Nadia has you covered on Keeping Up With The Current. Well, how much have you had to pay for an iceberg lettuce? Believe it or not, some have reported paying a jaw-dropping price of up to eleven ninety-nine for this salad staple. Well, back in the days, iceberg lettuce cost about $2.80 each. So what has caused the price hike of this once very affordable vegetable and other fresh produce to rise so sharply? And how long will the high prices last? Dr. Jared Greenville is the Executive Director of the Australian Bureau of Agricultural and Resource Economics and Sciences. He's on the line. Jared, thanks for joining us. Thanks for me alone. Well, no one can say they weren't warned. There are multiple issues causing the price hike, but what are the main drivers? That's right. There's a couple of things that are going on in terms of what we're seeing now in, in fruit and vegetable prices and in, I guess, food prices overall. Um, the first and the most immediate, which relates back to some of the issues you mentioned at the start, is the floods and, and other kind of weather events that have really disrupted supply. And we, we see this from time to time when, you know, we have these weather events and, you know, flooding events are coming and then they take out production. Um, and it takes a little while for that, for that to come back and recover. The good thing is with fruits and vegetables is that that's a pretty short growing cycle compared to, you know, longer crops and, and plantings like fruit and so forth. And so those supply, you know, shortages and price jumps, you know, start to dissipate pretty quickly, but they come on pretty quickly at the same time. Mm. The other thing that we've got going on, um, high fuel prices and energy prices, which is driving up the cost of production, but importantly, driving up the cost of getting, you know, our produce from farms to markets um, and then from markets to markets and, and so forth. And so that's been another big driving force in terms of what we're seeing in terms of overall price impacts. Mm. So I suppose there are a range of factors. And of course, the cost of fertiliser has increased um, and it accounts for a high number of farmers' expenses. So you can imagine all that together is a uh, or generates the perfect storm, as they say. So uh, what fruits and vegetables are particularly impacted by inflation? Across, I guess the, across the board, we're seeing fruit and vegetable prices go up, and the CPI or the ABS has measured them is going up by about 5.8% um, over the March quarter to this year. Um, some of those shorter run ones, we say that the obvious ones are, are our salad greens, and there's peas and, and beans and so forth, which have seen prices jump up. Um, for fruits, it's more of a longer run game generally, um, and and so. Prices will go up more related to you know, season. the other things, the seasons, but mm. also, as you say, the fertilizer prices and so forth that will come. And, and that's been now ticking along for, for a little while. We see some of the highest fertilizer prices we see ever at the moment in Australia. So you could say that fruit prices are a little bit more, I guess, stable than veggies, right? Yeah, in general, they are. Um, and I mean, they do, depending, you know, you can still get, say, you know, people will remember when bananas get taken out due to cyclones and so forth, and they become very scarce and prices jump up pretty quickly. But some of the more permanent plantings that 
are required for fruit um, generally means that supply is a little bit more constant um, and it's been a real strong growth sector over time. So we do have good supplies across the board in, in much of our fruit. Um, so that's kept prices a little bit lower. Um, but at the same time, that's also an industry that's been impacted by labour shortages. So it's, for that sector, it's more of those longer run, not so immediate spikes that we're seeing in the fresh vegetables. So is there any particular reason as to why uh, you mentioned the greens and the iceberg lettuce have seen, I guess, the biggest price lift? It's really those combinations. That's really where that combination of the you know, flooding events and, and you know, they're uh, a light product that, you know, is, needs to be transported with care. Um, mm. And so their contribution of, you know, transport costs to the cost that we pay in the supermarket is also higher per, per weight. So those things kind of come together and, and you see the prices go up more in those those areas than mm. you have in, in the others. I mean, can we expect to see the quality of produce also decline due to labour shortages? In some ways, it potentially could go the other way. Um, so producers would be keen to make sure that if they're limited in the amount of labour that they have, that they make sure they get the best possible product to market to get the best return because they're going to be paying more for that labour than they did in the past. So they'll make sure that they're only picking the top quality product um, and making sure that goes out. So the quality in, in terms of response to labour is most probably going to go a little bit the other way. Mm. Um, and But in terms of the seasonal impacts that happen, they often have the things that all have an impact on quality, like heat waves in particular, or you know, high rainfall events, which can you know, lead to you know, fruit or you know, vegetables not having that same kind of quality that we would generally expect. Look, is there anyone benefiting from the price hike? I mean, a lot of people um, assume that farmers and suppliers are the ones profiting from the high prices, so they're directing their anger and outrage at them. I think there's no one profiting from the, these. It's more that they, they're absorbing what cost they can and, and then passing on the cost that they can't in terms of high prices. Um, it's a very competitive market, so overall, so there's, you know, particularly for farmers who are complying either in supermarkets or to wholesale markets and the like, have very little influence over the price that they receive at their, at, at, in those markets. Um, and so they'll, they'll obviously do their best to be as productive as they can in response to these price increases. Um, and then some of that we're passed on. So I think it really is just the, the supply chain trying to manage this price increase rather than anyone, you know, kind of walking away in a much better position than they, they, they used to be. Absolutely. I guess everyone's affected by uh, the price inflation. And of course, you know, when we talk about the cost of fertiliser and, and diesel, that's all gone up. So that's going to affect how how much farmers plant. So it's affecting essentially the supply chain and, you know, it gives people no choice but to put the price up on um, their supply. But it hasn't, you know, come at a worse time. There's obviously nowadays been a high demand on superfoods, on healthy produce, especially with more people getting sick. So, and the other issue as well that, you know, consumers are facing is not only the price hike of food produce, but also the unavailability of a lot of those items on supermarket shelves. Yeah, that's right. And that's where those weather events come in in terms of the, the 
the lack of supply, which is contributes obviously to prices, but then it takes out options in terms of what people can buy. And given the perishable nature of most of, you know, particularly our vegetables, we don't import that much, so there's no alternate source of supply that's readily available that can come in. Um, we see counter, you know, supplies of, of some fruits in particular and, and some vegetables um, that come in like asparagus and the like, and that helps moderate some of the price spikes or price pressures. It also provides consumers with, you know, greater choice and availability. And that doesn't occur in all products. Mm. And what are some, uh, I guess, global commodities that have been uh, disrupted by the war in Ukraine? Um, and why have, you know, global factors such as the war uh, on Ukraine influenced the price hike? Yeah, so if we step out and look look globally, we see a pattern, you know, that's not just too different in mind what we've been just talking about in terms of the fruit and veg prices in Australia, but globally, two prices overall are at 10-year highs. Mm. Um, and that's driven by both the cost of production and, as you mentioned, the, the war in Ukraine in particular has, has added kind of volatility and price pressures to a, a market that... For, for some of the global grains and oil seeds, so things like wheat in particular, um, and oil seeds are you know, things that go into vegetable oils and also stock feed. And so for Australia, it's canola. Um, prices for those products were already high because of poor seasonal condi- conditions last year, growing across many parts of the world, and that's continued into this year. Ukraine and the, the war has you know, added you know, higher costs to production, but also reduced supply. Ukraine supplied you know, a significant amount of wheat, barley, and oil feeds to the world market. Um, Russia also is a big supplier, but it's been less certain as to whether their supplies will just get redirected or whether they'll be less um, um And so those things have contributed to higher global prices, for, for particularly yeah, those that mentioned wheat um, and, and canola. Mm-hmm. So how much of an impact has this had on uh, lower and middle income consumers? Yeah, so globally it's, it's a real risk to food security and so we've seen already that, you know, right, that the long history or the long history has been of you know, real good progress in terms of reducing global food insecurity over time and that's been driven by agriculture production globally um, outpacing the you know, demand for food. Um, what we're seeing at the moment is you know, prices starting to go the other way. Um, if we step back and we looked globally, still, we still produce more than enough food to feed our entire population. Um, and it's often really about the markets that are used to deliver food and, and countries and their policies that disrupt those markets that contribute to these high prices that we see and contribute to the risk to, to growing global food insecurity. And so at the moment, with, with these risks that we were just talking about, there is a certain risk that we're going to have a higher higher rate of global food insecurity, um, and and that will happen in, in different patches across the world, but it's the most vulnerable who are most effective or effective always. What do you suggest we do, or how do you suggest we shop from now on so that we're not breaking the budget? I think there's a, a few suggestions that we're, we've seen. I mean, buying things that are in season and are available is, is always uh, a good option. That would be the things that, you know, there should be ready supplies and, and so forth. Um, you can still get the, some of the nutritional gains and, and eat a balanced and healthy diet by 
looking at frozen um, foods, um, and often they, they those prices don't change all that much because it's a, a different kind of supply chain that delivers them, and they can still provide you access with, with fresh, you know, well, well, fruits and, and vegetables as, as an option. Um, and so they're, they're some of the things um, that I think are most readily available. Um, there's also shopping around and, and looking, you know, in different supermarkets and so forth and seeing they'll have different supply chains and access to different producers and so forth. So they, they won't always be equally affected. So you suggested, you know, we, we start turning to frozen goods, but, you know, some people are, are saying that there's starting to be a shortage of frozen products as well. But but you did recommend to look at a number of supermarkets because there's different suppliers and, and whatnot so that they might be lucky in one uh, supermarket. Um, and it's relatively cheaper than buying fresh produce. So I think, you know, that's what people should be doing. Yeah, it's, just, it's about, I guess, trying to find what options you have available. And there's also a range of independent suppliers um, that come through different wholesale markets and the like, and they'll have different availability of fruits and things as well as, as an option. Yeah, I guess, you know, food is always very volatile and at the end of the day, you need to shop smarter. You need to find those items that, you know, haven't really been as impacted. Um how long is the price hike expected to last? Is there hope for our grocery budgets? Yes, certainly. The, the short-term disruptions from weather events and so forth will dissipate relatively quickly um, as the production or the growing cycles for a number of these products are pretty short. Um, so that should take some of the, I guess, the sting out of the, the current prices. Um, we would expect, though, the things that are driving, you know, like, fuel and fertiliser prices, um, those things are going to stick around for a, a bit longer to come. Mm. Um, and you know, if, if I could tell you when they were going to disappear, I, 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 I would be doing a better job than I'm, I can do now. But, yeah. um, but it's, um, we just want to hear, we just want some reassurance. I mean, as yeah. I said, it, it's quite concerning, particularly for lower income households that aren't getting wage increases and they don't have the space in their budget to simply cut down on non-essentials for now. So, you know, we've seen that the economy has been moving forward, but we're not. And price inflation without matching wage rises means that, you know, most people fall behind. And I think we're starting to see that already. Yeah, and that's right. That's the the squeeze on the household budget you know, we have prices going up, but if real wages aren't keeping pace or wages aren't going up at, at the same rate, then, then it does get squeezed. And there's multiple pressures uh, across household budgets, as we're seeing at the moment, across, you know, from housing to, mm. as you say, just the fuel for cars and, and across everything, really. Um, Absolutely. I mean, do you suggest people start growing their own produce at home? Do you think that's a good recommendation? I mean, certainly I find that could be do, and it's something that, that personally I, I take great enjoyment out of. But um, growth, growth cycles and growing production and so forth is, is also, you know, at home, most probably not the cheapest solution for, mo- for most people. Um, it's more of a hobby and it's good to provide some, you know, some homegrown food for your table. But it's, it's also you've got to buy the seedlings and you've got to buy all the seeds and exactly. you've got to be able to cultivate them. And, and there's a time lag between when you put them in the ground and then when you harvest them and so forth. So 
it's often not the most economic or you know cost-saving option that you have. Exactly. So there is that an initial startup cost, as they say, yep. that you need to factor in. But perhaps in the long run, that would serve you quite well, depending on our economic situation. But I guess to survive the, you know, the era of higher food prices, we need to start living a bit differently. And, you know, for the past two years, as I said, we were, I guess, warned that this was potentially coming. However, a lot of people didn't really prepare themselves for it. So I guess now it just, even though they were warned, it still has come as a shock to themselves and to their hip pockets as well. So uh, what is your final message, uh, I guess, to those who are suffering at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough time and tough time for all of us with prices going up across the board. Um, I, I think with at least with our fruit and, and vegetable and our food, um, Australia is such a, a large supplier and producer that price pressures will ease. Um, we've had, a, you know, prior to the last few years, uh, a long-run decline in, in food prices that's occurred over a, a long history. And so we've, we've managed to be able to produce more and deliver high-quality products for less um, for a long history. And I suspect that that will to come back um, but it, it is a difficult time absolutely it is quite unprecedented and uh, but we we should be hopeful um, that there is change and hope on the horizon well look dr jared greenville executive director of the australian bureau of agricultural and resource economics and sciences i really want to thank you uh, tremendously for your time with us on tour mfm's keeping up with the current very happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Keep up with the new. Keep up with the important. Keep up with it all on Keeping Up With The Current. Get your news fix for the day. Stay informed and up to date with current affairs and the issues that matter. Nadia has you covered on Keeping Up With The Current.